welcome to a new episode of Be A Fan Podcast. We took a small break, you know, trying to get everyone together, but we, this is an exciting show that I know you will all be excited to hear that our family at the Be A Fan Podcast is growing. We are adding an extra person alongside myself, Andrea, alongside Andrea. We have, well, we all know him as Laughing Mage, but I call him Mage. He's a returning friend of the pod. He was here with me during the Live Evil pod, but now he is part of the Be A Fan podcast. How are you doing today? Oh, you know, I am living life to the fullest every single day. You know, we're living the dream out here. <laughs> and by out here, you mean all the way out up north in the chilly, chilly uh, state of New York. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Nice and you can brisk bring, weather. You can bring some of the cold down. We're, we're, I'm, I'm dying here in Florida, but even more southern than myself. Andrea, how are you doing this wonderful, wonderful day? I'm doing fine. Um, yeah, it's basically already spring here. Although it's a little <laughs> bit windy, so it, you're going to kind of kind of get like a little bit of, of the breeze. I, do, mm. I don't know how I forgot that you were from Florida. <laughs> That seems like something I should remember. I, we talked about it when we talked about MSI. <laughs> yeah, it's easy to forget. Yeah, I'm, I'm south, 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 south Florida, more <laughs> southern. Yeah, You're feeling the spring already. Well, tonight we got a jam-packed show. Uh, definitely one where we're going to have Mage to tell us how to be a fan of his favorite team. Um, and before we before we get there, I know a, a few of you probably don't know him as much but this is the time to know who he is where uh, how he started getting involved in league and now that he's part of our family what he'll bring to our family so mage why don't you take it away yeah so i have been playing league of legends since about 2017 and that's about the same time that i started really getting into the lcs and the professional scene as well I was actually introduced to League of Legends through Lily Pichu, which seems really weird because she has almost nothing to do with the game anymore. Uh, and then even back then, it was mostly just like a meme uh, for her. But that is how I got introduced to League. Through her, I got introduced to Skara. And through Skara, I got introduced to the LCS. Um, now, when I first sort of uh, became a fan of the LCS and League of Legends, I'm not going to lie. I'm a little bit of a shill. So like when some when a team is winning or does really well, that's that's like I'm going to kind of latch on to that, especially if it's the first shiny thing that I see. And right around that time was the beginning of the back to back to back to back team liquid run. So it was really easy for me to kind of jump onto that fandom. But like it's not like without any reason because this team was really, really phenomenally good, filled with really interesting people and really good players, right? The, the original squad that I got introduced to would have been Impact, X Smithy, Pole Belter, Doublelift, and Ole. That squad. And to this day, I would say my favorite active League of Legends player professionally is still Core JJ from that day. And my favorite retired League of Legends player is actually Poe Belter, oh. not Doublelift, um, which some may think is interesting but after being a long time like subscriber to his twitch and just a long time fan of his gameplay style i think it's fairly reasonable i love double lift too but like pole belter is my man um but yeah i've been a team liquid fan since basically the beginning and i've been with them throughout every single iteration of the roster since 2017 
Um, with that being said, we've had some ups and downs, mostly downs into a middling trajectory of basically nothing. But we made Worlds last year, so we have that, at least for the short period of time that we were able to celebrate such a win. But still, uh, yeah, no, I mean, I bleed blue. Like, I have a Team Liquid flag right next to me. I have a Core JJ uh, 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 jersey hanging above my computer uh, right next to my own Team Liquid jersey, one of my Team Liquid jerseys, because I own, like, four or five of them. Um, Wow. I'm actually, I'm literally wearing Team Liquid pants right now and a Team Liquid shirt. Like, you can't, and I, I, you can't see me, obviously, but you're just going to have to take my word for it. I'm wearing full liquid right now. I believe you. (laughs) Bleed blue. Have you ever met a fan like, okay, you believe it. I was just about to ask you, Andre, you, you, have you ever met a TL fan? Oh, man, this goes far back. And this team, um, 2017 is around the same time I jumped on too, and, um, my trajectory is definitely seeing the, the heights of TL. I definitely remember that team fondly with Impact, Xmithy, Bill Belter, uh, and then Double Lift, of course. And back then, it was uh, it was a dominant team. They won back-to-back-to-back splits, too. So I don't blame you, man. Uh, so you've been bleed blue since then, and you're literally bleeding for the last couple of years, I would imagine. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Let me say a couple of splits. It wasn't that far off when they were dominant. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, I, you have only ever missed Worlds once. Hey, Liquid, listen here, listen <laughs> here. I don't want to hear I mean, any of that. Yeah, but like, I mean, I'm a sealed defense. So like, I don't know what you... If I was you, I would be just happy to make Worlds one time. <laughs> <laughs> Look, the, the height of performance for me watching Team Liquid probably was at MSI, right? They were the team that... Oh my beat, god! Oh, they they beat the Invictus Gaming, Invictus Gaming to get to the finals. Yeah, the world champions. Mm. And then we lost in the fastest we you, don't want to MSI finals <laughs> ever. And that I'm did. just like, it still pains me to this day that, that I have to say that. that oh happen. no, it did! It did! And EU <laughs> never lets me forget it. They never let me forget it. It's okay. Now you can you can reply to them with NRG. Yeah, no, now we got NRG. Yeah, now I got our boys. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> That's awesome to to kind of hear that. I mean, look, be fair, that was a dominant G2 team. That that year we had them. So, talk, speaking Team Liquid, I'll just briefly mention some of the history there, why we should be a fan of that. I'll let you kind of talk us through Mage of why people should be a fan of this team. Uh, and what makes them unique. But uh, let me give you everyone a little bit of a history. You know, the history kind of starts in t- around 2015, and they had a starting roster with Quas, I Will Dominate, Phoenix, Piglet, and X-Special. Some of these names I'm not familiar with, but I certainly am familiar with Piglet, Phoenix, and I Dom. And this team has churned through a different iterations. I think they had a lot of success in other esports as well, but LCS, they really came through when they finally signed uh, Double Lift to the squad. So 2016 was a year. They had Lokodoko as a new head coach, another familiar name. They added Dardock, <laughs> Dardock. Um, you know, Zig, Youngbin, Fabi, Mats. Um, this is quite a squad that they had, and certainly they've become a mainstay at the LCS. Now, Andrea, I know you've been following the league sports scene uh, were you paying attention to liquid at all 
<laughs> what are you? What are you? See, see, it's really painful. It's it's so painful. I was a Team Liquid fan in 2015 and 2016 and 2017. So it's like I went from. My team could literally be the best team in the LCS in 2015 when they were like they were so good. Like they, 2015, team liquid in 2015. Like if they don't mess up, they could have legitimately gone to worlds, and they were like one of the best teams in North America. Like I will dominate. I think was one of the best junglers in North America, if not the best. And Piglet was really, really, really good. Uh, Phoenix was really, really, really good. And anyway, this translated to 2016 when they had their fantastic, incredible. So like, imagine you put a team, like they, literally what they had was a team of rookies. They had, they put this new guy, Carlorlo, who nobody knew who the heck he was in the top lane. And then they put the, their two academy players, which were in that time, uh, Team Liquid Academy was uh, like a, a challenger team, an amateur team, you know, a, a team that mm -hmm. Team Liquid had in the challenger series. And they had, It was called Team Liquid Academy. They had Dardog and they had Matt. So when I will dominate, decide to retire. Uh, they put in Dardog and they put in Matt because they wanted them to have that synergy they had from playing together in Team Liquid Academy. So this is our three rookies, three rookies to the LCS, and they had their two Korean carries, which is Phoenix and, and Piglet. And this team got so far, like so far, all things considered, like they got to like so close to being in the LCS finals. A team that was literally made of three rookies and two, a veteran player and a player that rose up and kind of made his name in, in North America as a mid laner. So it was like, this, that storyline was amazing. And what came after, the split where they almost made finals, where they were so good and they were so impressive. And Dark Dog was like a superstar jungler, like in, on his first split and all that. It became the most iconic, transcendental, um, Esports documentary to come out of League of Legends, uh, which is Breaking Point, um, mm -hmm. and everyone knows what happened then with Dardog moving to 20 million different teams afterwards. Um, yeah, then Team Liquid became really bad, <laughs> and they started cycling players around like crazy. Like they had a million players on listed in both 2016 and 2017. They didn't know what to do. They seemed absolutely lost. They went to relegation twice almost lost. They had to recruit double lift for a split so that he could save them to, from relegation. It was it was a rough time, man. Mm -hmm. But that's when Mage came in with the super team, the, the double lift super team, of course, with the money for French. So what I'm saying French is that I team. saved Team Liquid. That's what oh, I'm yeah. hearing. I'm the man. reason why Team Liquid has such six, uh, such uh, so many victories and such a successful run, right? That That's what's going on? I guess it was not Steve's money. Absolutely <laughs> not. It was no. my fandom. Don't let anyone <laughs> tell you otherwise. Oh, man. That was quite the history. And you, I see. I see the Dardock has uh, tried to tank this team. Uh, coming in then, Mage, tell us. This is your moment to let us know why, if, they, if people still haven't found a home for a team, why they should be cheering for the horse. Have there ever been references the horse? I don't know. <laughs> I mean, people talk about the horse sometimes. But it's kind of a meme. Uh, but regardless, yeah, no. I mean, I think Team Liquid is a great place to make your home for your League of Legends fandom. Like, not only is it a team that is 
made up of very interesting individuals, like people who I personally admire a lot uh, from the standpoint of, on one hand, they are very much dedicated to the health of the game and the health of the league, being a part of like the like the players. Uh, what, what, what's it called? It's not I don't think union is the correct word. Uh, I'm not exactly sure, but the, but being the advo- player association, yeah, the mm-hmm. player association being advocates of that, as well as being just hard grinders that just play hundreds of games within <laughs> really short periods of time, and it's like you have to just be either psychotic or a time traveler to to make those kinds of numbers happen. Um, and they're also like really funny people, like. Team Liquid has been doing four years, and like obviously there's like breaking point, but like for years they've been doing uh, uh like like content around their players pretty consistently, right? Uh, and because of that, you get to learn about how these players kind of interact with one another, and and how they like feel about the game, and how they feel about just like life in general, which is kind of cool. Uh, and like right now, this team, like obviously Impact and Core are two staples in the league right we these guys have been around for a very very long time with a lot of success and if you've been a part of the league for like really any stretch of period of time over like over under two years you probably have at least a decent idea of what these guys stand for in the league right they're very dedicated to the game they are uh super super and i'm really just going to repeat myself like they're like they just grind the game all the time and they're very passionate about their thoughts and their feelings about the game and how it should be played uh and the health of the north american league specifically which is important considering that they were both korean imports right uh but regardless like you get to see an aspect of these players that a lot of other teams in the past and even kind of right now uh don't really give you because of the, the amount of content that they give you. Because there's, like, they did the drive for a while, and now they're doing, like, and they did, like, the liquid update. And, like, right now they're doing a really cool thing where they <laughs> they VOD review the games that they played with a couple of the yep. players. It's really good, and it's really mm. funny. Because you'll just, like, it, it'll be one of them controlling, like, I watched, like, Impact, and he's, like, controlling the cameras, like, like, why did you do this? Like, <laughs> what 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 did you think? Like, could, could you have not have just done literally anything else? And APA would be like... Yeah, yeah, you're probably right. I did int that like really hard. <laughs> he called him up. He did. <laughs> yeah, and it's really funny, and it's a great way to get like kind of in tune with these players, right? Um, mm-hmm. Other than that, I think it is a really great organization. I think Steve is like say what you will about last year's rosters construction and, and the con the concept of like the Korean speaking team or whatever. There is a level of like brainstorming and creativity that is there because of a dedication to the game and a dedication to wanting to that is at least since double lift has been their motto is this dedication to really, really wanting to win and always at least making fourth place. <sighs> and that's the other thing. Like we have a lot of jokes around team liquid too. We have jokes, we got place, memes, yeah. we got fourth place, we got breaking point. Like we got a ton of content that you can just kind of laugh at us about too. So if you like, if you, if you have that part of you that wants to like kind of hate the fact that you love a team so much, team liquid can also be that place for you. Oh man. I can definitely uh, feel that energy and they, they stepped it up with the content game for sure. I think they've won one of my power ranking weeks for, for content release. Um, so yeah, I, I definitely, you get me all excited, maybe drawing me back, even though this team doesn't have the, the same energy. It's a different energy, and I like the creativity, like you mentioned. They are trying something. They're not stagnant. That is one thing you cannot accuse this team of, is being stagnant with what they're doing. Um, yeah, anything else to add before I kind of uh, turn your 
perspective as a fan, what how has it been for 2024 so far? Oh, man, I really wish I could come up with some excuse, but no, we will talk about 2024, I suppose. <laughs> <laughs> All right, then let's let's get to it. I don't believe they had a 2-0 week through four weeks. Um, yeah, I don't... What's th- going on? I don't think so. Okay, <laughs> so, like, there, obviously, there's going to be some issues. Number one, we have a brand-new jungler and a brand-new top lane, quote-unquote brand-new top laner on this squad for the core uh, members of APA, Yon, and core, right? So there's going to be at least some aspect of the game that they're going to have to sort of relearn together because if you take a look at the roster construction from last year when we had Summit and Piosic, who are, to put kindly psychotic players um it is a very very different feeling for a team to have somebody like impact come in who is a exceptionally stable and has a really big idea of how he wants to play the game and like you go back and you like listen to vods and stuff about like piosic and summon and how they're kind of talking about the game and also the drama within the team uh last year but having a strong idea of how to play the game is completely different than just being a loud voice and piosic and summit were loud voices but they didn't really feel like they had a strong opinion on how the game should get played impact has a very strong idea of how to get how the game should be and he's not afraid to let you know. and it may not come across as much in like the um like in like in the the voice com videos or anything like that where it really just kind of sounds like he's calling things like this is happening right now or like this is what we should do. But like in the VOD reviews or in any of the if you've watched any content that has involved impact, you can tell that this guy is constantly trying to direct the conversation and the way that he thinks a game should be played, which is not bad in any means. But it does add like a, a different aspect of the way that the, the team is going to operate and also adding in somebody like Umpty as well, who is a player who in the LCK was known as the general who is also a fairly loud voice and is really focused on the early game. Uh, Early game focus is not foreign to this. However, this particular season, for whatever reason, and and correct me if I'm wrong, but Team Liquid has, they've done one of two things. They're either completely psychotic, where they are just fighting on cooldown and doing absolutely like no macro and they just want to fight, or they're doing literally nothing the entire game. And they're down and they're doing like, the lowest kill count per minute in the entire league weeks, right? Where they're just doing absolutely nothing and they're just waiting for things to happen, right? And there's a level of communication that is definitely not there yet between, like, particularly the carries and the supporting cast of this squad, right? Because you take a look at, like, Umpty and Impact, who are doing a lot to try to set up game, like, set up the game for the carries to do well, and then nothing happens. And I don't really know why that's happening. Like I can't speak as, as to like what's happening in the internal team conversations, but it seems really apparent to me that there is this disconnect between when the carries want something to happen and when the supporting cast wants something to happen. And I'm using the term supporting cast, but like, obviously like I, I, I'm, it's just a term, right? I, I don't mean mm-hmm. like they're less right. important or anything. Right. Um, right. But yeah. It, it, it feels like there's some level of, uh, disconnect in terms of their communication and the way that they want to get these plays done. Uh, I think overall, in the games that they win, they look okay. It, it kind of at points look like this thing where they do really well and then they kind of throw the game a little bit and then they figure out what they were doing wrong and they fix that, but then a different thing ends up so going happy. wrong and then they have to fix that again. 
And then eventually they just kind of went off of a random Baron fight, which like, I'm, I'm grateful to have the wins. I'm not going to lie. I'm happy that we have any wins whatsoever, but in some of them, I just watch them and I'm like, this should not be happening. We should have lost. And if we don't get punished, we're not going to learn. So a part of me is like, yeah, I'm happy that we're decently high in the standings. But the other half of me is like, we should lose way more games than we have been losing. And maybe if we lost those games, we could fix these mistakes for summer. Because I don't know in the next, like, you know, couple of games if we're going to actually be able to get anything done. <laughs> it gets you nervous. It definitely gets you nervous. You're like, are we, are we scaling? Are we learning? Or are we, are we just lucky to be splitting each week? Um, but as you were talking about it, it makes, it makes, it triggered back a memory for me. Uh, I can't remember which. It probably was on the hotline when when Jan uh, was on. Yeah. And they were talking about like there's a discrepancy of stage and scrims because in scrims, they're the highest kill. They're the quickest team. Yeah. And on stage, they're like, I don't know what's not translating. We got to figure that shit out. Bro, I have been coping with Team Liquid scrim bucks for years now. (laughs) I have been hard coping on these. Like, I am buying that shit in droves. I have wheelbarrows full of fucking scrim bucks for Team Liquid. And they have panned out to one week at Worlds. And that's it. Like, that's all I've gotten out of, like, three or four years of scrim bucks. Oh, man. Look, last year, I can totally see it. Because LCS, NA scrims has their own issue, right? And so you have a post of players that are super good in the early game and then that just makes everyone else quit and so they never got to practice but this year i think they should know that issue and should they should can work on it and their their late game is not bad i'm looking at oracle elixir right now um liquid is they have the lowest combined kill per minute their early game rating (laughs) is uh you know third place not too bad it's right below c9 and FlyQuest. their mid to late game rating is still positive which it says a lot because you know C9 is like at minus 15, but Liquid is there. So that transition maybe not as strong in the mid game, but they're not losing. Uh, I, I this- think it's mm-hmm. it, it's also like definitely at least partially because of the fact that we're playing on live patch and the strength of these other teams too. That mm. some of those numbers look I think better than they actually should be, and maybe that's my fault because I watch the other major regions as well. And with EU aside, which is an absolute clown show, um, (laughs) Korea and China, like watching those teams and how they push their early games and transition leads into the mid to late game makes me feel like our team should. And the Mm. only team that I watch consistently do anything close to that uh, was Cloud9 for three games. Mm. And even FlyQuest, I watch some of these wins and I'm like, they are so lucky actually, mm-hmm. that, that they're just winning out in these really stupid positions. Uh, but I, I digress. Mm-hmm. Team Liquid, as, as of right now, I think they are lucking out in their stats because other teams are, A, afraid to make early game moves when it's very obvious that Riot is trying to pad stat champions and items towards a scaling build. And uh, two, they go into a game with the consideration of, oh, we're probably not that much better uh, we're probably not better than this team. We might not even be equal to this team. So let's just try to scale regardless of the current state of the meta and regardless of what champions are on the map right now because it seems like the only way that we're going to, right? And when you look at the pa- like the power rankings for Team Liquid, a lot of pe- people t- put them like third and fourth. So mm-hmm. the, you have four teams, right? Like at minimum that 
theoretically should be weaker than team league right and if you get into that mindset of like oh like if that's where people put us like maybe that's where we belong or maybe if you're like dignitas and immortals who have no self-confidence whatsoever and it shows in your drafting no shade um (laughs) maybe you just have to go into the games with that sort of mindset which i think is padding team liquid stats a little bit more than they should because I'm not going to like watching this team play, like watching Team Liquid's macro sometimes makes me want to pull my hair out of my head. Like they <laughs> consistently do the same issue where they group as like four or five people in one lane and they funnel themselves into a single corridor and they have no plan of getting out. Is they either they literally either they go into that with the plan of we're pushing this lane until we win the game or die and they die a lot right? Oh, like, that's literally mm. what happened in the first game of the split. They funneled yeah. five people into bot lane and then uh, and yes. then both Quid and Sniper TP'd behind them and annihilated them. <laughs> and it's like, guys, uh, what was our plan? <laughs> Death Ball. The Death Ball playbook's back and they bring it back. Oh. That Death Ball. This is like the perfect setup if you're, pl- uh, you know, when, when, when you're playing Rel and you see the people come together. I'm just going to YOLO in there and Magnus storm the hell out of that team. Woo. I can't remember if they did play Rel in that first game. But we'll touch on a little bit about them because we have to uh, segue in a bit uh, on, on you know, one of the our player of the week who did play against Team Liquid uh, this past in, in week four. But, uh, yeah, this team, are, are you more optimistic? Or are you more pessimistic? Are they just right where they're at? I, how do I put this? I was optimistic at the beginning of the split. And after <laughs> watching three games of Team Liquid, I am really looking forward to summer and oh hoping that, th- listen, listen, I'm oh like, <laughs> I'm really looking forward to summer. And I'm also really looking forward to see this team after the break, right? Because I think we, I, this, they need time. They, they very obviously need time to work on some of these issues. And you're not going to get that in the first couple weeks of, of a year, right? You're just not going to. Like, e- even these, like, greatly constructed teams, like, they're faltering because they haven't, ha- give, they haven't given themselves enough time to actually work out some of these issues that they have, right? And, that, and that's not solely a Team Liquid thing. That's, like, every single team that ends up with a new roster every single year, which is every single team. Right. Oh boy, we <laughs> we're not even giving him a chance for MSI. I just go straight to summer. Go go next, uh, Andrea. Let me pick your thought on here a little bit. You know, one of your favorite players on this team, and Indeed. so far, I'm seeing more spring impact than anything. I mean, he's fine, no? He's okay. He I mean, he great. did. Yeah, he, he did get a little weed. disrespected by the young rookie. I mean, yeah, but like, I mean, he, I don't. I think that was Impact being disrespectful, to be quite honest. Like, he was legitimately not giving up them that. I mean, I, kn- I saw that talking and I thought, yeah, that's stupid. You, sh- you should never die there, but like, whatever. Um, he ha- he does that sometimes, but like, I think in Team Fight, in general speaking, he has been playing a really good level. So I'm happy with that. Like, yeah, the team has some issues in fighting later um, and playing around. They're, um, well, yeah, team has some issues. I'm, I'm overall happy if when Impact's performing well. Um, I would like this team to be better so that he can win another championship. But 
Um, yeah, I don't think it's gonna happen this season. <laughs> but but it's 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 I, I like this team a lot, so it it's it's fine. I agree that I'm looking forward to see how they look after the Ray because they could have improved on some of their weaknesses and it, also like, I feel like their strategy is not always ideal um, for the players they have. So I think that's I hope they find a way to. To do better, yeah. <laughs> okay, and, I, and I'm a fan of Core JJ too. So hey, we got all the trifecta in here. It's I I think this team has a higher upside that they're not showing just quite yet. And so, kind of like I mentioned, a segue. We are celebrating Player of the Week in this episode, and the Player of the Week for Week Four was none other than Quit of the Hundred Thieves. We are I I definitely well, let me. Let me give a caveat. Give a caveat for that. Um, I won the MasterCard uh, contest by voting for Quit as MVP of the week. So I think I'm going to get something soon in the mail. It's not here yet. I was hoping it would get here before the show. But this player, there's a lot to be said. And I think the overall theme is... People are glad that 100 Thieves kept him because he was definitely one of the players that was not given a fair shot. He was put in right after Bjergsen decided to retire a couple of weeks right before the summer split started. Oh, man, what a position that was. So unlucky. (laughs) Right? And, of course, expectations can't be too high, and 100 Thieves did not look great in summer. I was of the mindset, oh, quit is a one and done, you know, but they held him. They kept him. And only him. Everyone else got replaced. And each week, people are like, oh, he's getting, he's so good. He's getting better. He's go, he's fitting so well with River. And finally, this past, uh, I mean, you know, it was about like two Saturdays ago. He won Player of the Week uh, with 100 Thieves. Both games he played on Natalia. He had a 9-2-8 scoreline and a 7-4-7 scoreline. But that didn't really show what he did in the game that was so impactful i mean talia the way he plays it it's spot on the way he's like weaves his uh, abilities and it really really made it hard so maybe we can dive in a little bit on the first game if you have any thoughts if either of you have any thoughts they beat team liquid with a 20 to 13 on a 32 minute game uh yes they beat team liquid that's true um (laughs) all right back onto the copium uh it's fine (laughs) uh yeah i mean i think it was a really solid win for them overall i think like speaking specifically on quid personally i love talia i think talia is a super fun champion to watch and i think her play style is really really good for a like that that sort of cross between a, a really strong carry and a really strong supportive player, right? I think that's kind of where Quid has been finding himself. Uh, I think if you take a look at the draft, Talia was giga in this game, right? Like, it, like I I'm first of all, it was like Callista, Sejuani, and uh, uh, Cassante, right? So those are three champions mm-hmm. that automatically have a much dif- a much more difficult time to actually play out these fights given the fact that Talia is just on the field anywhere at all, right? Uh, because of that, and it, it, it is like, champion-wise, Talia was an extraordinary pick. I, I have to give a lot of props to the 100 Thieves coaching staff in these drafts, because they have been really, really fun to watch, and overall, pretty good. Not perfect all the time, obviously, but very, very good. 
And I think Talia was probably the best pick that they put, that they could have gotten, right? Uh, with that being said, though, I think what makes Quid stand out in this game is the fact that he is consistently doing exactly what this champion is intended to do, which is being an absolute nuisance in the middle of the chaos, right? It is laying down the scattered ground, the E, and just, like, forcing anybody who has a dash to, like, really think hard about what they want to do right? And the moment that somebody oversteps, Quid is super ready to capitalize on it, which is just the good, which is just the makings of a good mid, right? It's just the makings of a good carry. Capitalizing on a mistake or an overstep from an enemy, uh, from an enemy player. And that's what he did consistently throughout the entire game that is like sort of gauging the, giving that lead over uh, to 100 Thieves uh, consistently throughout the match. Yep. And doing so, he terrorized the team. There's no dashing allowed because of that. And, and Oh, the way he plays the map, that was a thing of beauty. And so he, he deserves it. He, he really deserves this recognition. And this is also, I believe, the Thieves' first 2-0 week. Um, yeah, and we definitely have a little bit more to talk about Quid, thanks to Andrea and our you know esteemed guest, Sock, for just giving us a little bit of background and a little bit of understanding who Quid is because he's a very little-known player. He played in the NACL, right, Andrea? Oh, uh, sorry. Maybe. Yes. <laughs> Quid? Quid was in the NACL? No, no. He yeah. came straight from... No, okay. Korea. Straight. In the middle uh, after Bearson. I must be... Yep. I do think I have him confused with Quad a lot of times. It's the name <laughs> thing. Quad is right now. <laughs> uh, but yeah, anything to add after your conversation with Sock about Quid? Oh, no. I think uh, basically that... Yeah. Mm-hmm. No worries, and stay tuned again, folks, at the end of the show. We will give you that little interview. Not little, but that's a good interview to give us a little bit more background on this little-known player because, like you said, like I said, who said it? And Anyways, he was brought in to replace Bjergsen. A lot of, you know, you can't just imagine you're replacing a legend, an NA legend, <laughs> in the middle of, you know, Yeah, he also split. had, like, Bisha issues, so like he got in late. And we had mm. Nuke Duck playing mid. Sorry, I don't know why that was so funny. I don't know why that was so funny. I just, I don't know. <laughs> I completely forgot about that too. Great memory. <laughs> Duck had to replace him for a week or so, right? <sighs> All right. So, um, with that said, congratulations, Quid. You are the player of the week. We are celebrating with you as we want to also be a fan of yours. Anyone else who have many kind things to say to Quid, just you know, put it on Twitter or X, as they now call it, uh, on the reply to my feed, on the reply to any of our feed. We'll do a quick NACL update, and I'll let... Uh, I don't know if you get any chance to watch any of the games this past week, Andrea, to talk about them, but uh, our standings right now is FlyQuest Challengers at a 5-0. Maryville, 5-0. Supernova, 4-1. Sinsefear, 3-2. AOE, 2-3. Lit Gaming at 2-4. Team Liquid Challengers at a 2-4. Disguise... Oh, oh, I'm sorry. Wild card gaming at a two and four disguised at a one and four and mirage alliance who we all kind of down on with the aforementioned dark dog playing support for the team at a one and five wow just like how we drew up right these standings i think kettle really makes it so weird <laughs> some teams have played so much more so many more like mirage is one yeah so weird uh um 
I think the biggest surprise is these guys, I guess, being so mm -hmm. at the bottom of the list. I think they haven't found a, uh, a way to win games. I know that sounds really silly, but like, usually when you have like a team, you want to know, have an idea how you want to play the game to win the game, you know? And they just haven't seemed to find like that, how to do that with the players they have. So, which is like a shame because they have really good quality players. It's just, I don't know what's going on there. And Team Liquid also, it's a little bit of a weird one. They they almost lost, by the way. I mean, they won their their series this weekend, but they. Uh, Mage, do you watch an ACL? I have not watched any NACL this year. I okay, watched okay, a little okay. bit last year, and I've watched in previous years. I just haven't okay. had the time this year, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Team Liquid has some issues too, and like they had a really big vanguard this weekend, so they managed to win a series. They have been having some trouble, definitely surprising for two of the, like Team Liquid Challengers and these guys are two of the most important brands, uh, along with the FlyQuest one, right? So like those yeah. are the big, big budget, big staff teams. Like I say big, but like in comparison to the other organizations that are like smaller. Right, they have pro orgs backing them, yeah. Uh, like these guys, it's not a big group, but, but they have like, players that have played they in LCS, won. they have right. uh, LCS staff, you know, they have people who's, you know, so like, it's really weird to see both Team Liquid and these guys solo. Um, Marvel, unsurprisingly on, on top, because Marvel got uh, the, basically, FlyQuest mid-jungle duo, which is um, Spyrax and Yuji, and they are absolutely turning it up. Uh, what can we, what can we do about that? Like, we know those guys are good. We have seen them play in the last years. So, like, yeah, they are good. Wow, surprise. FlyQuest continues to dominate uh, Academy. I mean, uh, sorry. Old, uh, old habits die hard. Challenger. I know. Old habits. <laughs> um, and, yeah, Supernova is a good team, too. Like, look at look at the players they have. I mean, come on. Um, so, yeah, the rest of this is not that... Again, I already pointed out what's the most surprising... Um, mm -hmm. Other than that, things things look pretty much as you would expect. Definitely, Flyk was being this dominant. I I wasn't sure about it, but like they, I mean, certainly had his sickness days, and then he decided to come back and have a gigantic Cassante uh, game in which he killed a million, he got a million kills, and like he was completely running over people. So that was fun for me as a certainty fan. Yeah. NCL is very funny, awesome. especially awesome. with the format, you know, the fearless draft. Jake, you get to see a lot of oh, weird yeah. random things. <laughs> or teams you get to see weird comps, weird yeah. champs. You already, like, NCL is already a really a place where you usually will see weird stuff, but definitely the fearless mm -hmm. makes it, gives it like, an even bigger edge. Yep. Oh, man. Uh, I did get a chance to watch that uh, Team Liquid Challenger versus Fury game. I mean, oh, Cubby almost okay. had to jump out of the window. You watched the banger. Okay, <laughs> I did watch okay. it. <laughs> yeah. The <laughs> amount of throws. The, they had such a large advantage. I don't know how they almost lost. <laughs> and, uh, was, was that game three? Oh, my gosh. There's something you need to watch, uh, Mage, just for fun. Watch this game. I'll, I'll give it a little look-see. <laughs> uh I think as an avid watcher, you'll have a lot of thoughts for sure. Um, one thing that did stand out to me, isn't it confusing? They have spawned the ADC and spawned a coach, both on the Team Liquid, um, you know, org 
I'm confused with that. Uh, but that's something um, interesting to kind of point out. Uh, all right. And so we are looking towards it. So it's always been best of three, right? For this year? Because they used to, when they were in Academy, it was just best of twos. Uh, yeah, indeed. Okay. This is the first time it's best of three. But it's best less three, games yeah. because it's only mm-hmm. one round robin. So it's kind of mm-hmm. weird. <laughs> yeah. We will talk a little bit about that towards the end uh, because this has been a topic around the LNA Twitter sphere. And so now we go into the segment that I've always wanted to open up and talk about, but didn't get a chance to find a lot of topics until this week. There were two things that stood out to me. First, if you haven't gotten a chance yet, go watch the pros where Buipo was sharing his thoughts his criticism of NA and LCS in general, the preparation, the champs, the how the preparation, he boldly, I think, in two insanities, like you played that really poorly right to his face, right? So I actually enjoy listening to Buipo and really love hearing the way he dissects. And he doesn't just watch his region. He watches everything and is able to tell you some of the the interesting fact that you know i wouldn't have even think about like i think they brought up the idea twisted fate is thought about and played differently in the west versus how the east uh players uh see them and he is just a vast uh, a player with a vast knowledge and i really hope to hear more and keep him here in na uh for one thing he's a very uh i i like i enjoyed listening to him but when I listened to the Hotline League, a question came up and uh, to Revenge is like, did we, was Buipo too harsh or out of line? I don't know what the phrasing is. I don't want to uh, be too extreme on this. I thought the answer would be no, considering what Revenge did in that show on just like ripping all the coaches and, and orgs on the show. And he thought Buipo was too harsh with his criticism. And I... I didn't think so. So that gets me thinking. Is it? Are people really that, like, you know, worried that that's a harsh criticism of what people pointed out? So I'd like to hear some thoughts from both of you. I think you both get this, got this to see that interview. Andre, did you want to start off for this one? Oh, no, I actually didn't watch it. <laughs> okay, okay. Well, I mean, in that case. So we're going to talk about my boy, Gigabase Super Wide Whip Daddy. All right. Yeah. Okay, okay, I like that start. Listen here, all right? You can say what you want about him. You can say, like, oh, he was too mean, he was too harsh, his criticisms are, like, unnecessary, you don't have to say that to his face. First of all, yes, he did, because I did not see a single lie come out of this man's mouth. I did not hear a single lie come out of this man's mouth, right? I don't think there was any criticism that he could have given there. Uh, I don't think any of his criticisms that he gave there, I should say. Uh, are unwarranted in any regard. Perhaps you can say it's it, he might, maybe he shouldn't have said it on like the LCS sponsored broadcast show that they do after the games. But like, honestly, it feels like the best place to do it because I think something that a lot of people have talked on, I know David Shinock has talked on this. I know it happened last year between like, uh, like, like uh, Jan and Sven, where it's like people really want shit talk. They really want people like kind of like creating a little bit of drama, creating a little bit of this like rivalry going on. And now I think with all of those criticisms that Whippo just had, a FlyQuest Shopify game sounds significantly more exciting, right? Like that just seems like a more exciting prospect. You wouldn't really think that it would be given that it's like top of the table versus bottom of the table. But like, 
Shopify has never, at least so far, shied down from a challenge. In fact, they have beaten FlyQuest. Am I correct, right? Like, that's one mm -hmm. of their wins. So, like, yep. obviously, they're doing something right. So, Whippo, who... You can you can even go from the, from the perspective like oh yeah no Whippo's just giga coping because he got shit on by Insanity and fucking uh, Shopify Rebellion right like he's just hard coping right now right like that's the other side of this like say whatever you want like I think it was not unwarranted in any regard I think that it is a great way to create content and also I I would I would say this it's not unwarranted criticism until somebody who he's criticizing speaks up about it right Insanity was a really, really good sport about it. He was smiling. He was laughing along with him. He was even agreeing with some of his points. He's like, yeah, no, I played that matchup bad. I wasted my ult. You're not wrong with any of these criticisms, right? As long as he doesn't say anything that's going to heavily offend someone, like if he if he walked up to his hand and he said, I don't deserve, I, I don't think you deserve to be a player in the LCS, that's completely different than saying you played this matchup like garbage and you deserve to lose the game because of it, right? Those are two very different things to say. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And that's what I heard, too. I mean, you can call it a call out or anything, but, you know, he didn't say anything wrong. And, and, and you know, these kind of things, I felt you say it to help each other get better, get grow. You can do that differently. You shouldn't have done that. Could have done this instead. And if players cannot take that level of criticism, I can I'm almost wondering, like, are we? growing are we being better if we can't take it like that and again i'm very surprised that revenge would have said like oh that was that was more harsh than necessary or needed i was like mm, 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 mm. no but man uh i like the big uh whip daddy wide whip daddy reference i think that will be the title of our show <laughs> next to you know team liquid fan calling uh whip daddy <laughs> uh so yeah, I, I really hope that more and more players are able to develop into that kind of knowledge base and the ability to, to really, uh, you know, critique one another. So I hope the rest of the NA, you know, you know circles don't think that this is uh, too harsh. Uh, yeah, so we're on the same line. Um, I don't know if you want to throw in any thoughts, Andrea, about, you know, is our criticism too harsh? Should players like just keep that to themselves or should they just come out and say it? Um, any thoughts on there? I think it's, I mean, it really depends on the tone and the delivery and intention, you know? Mm -hmm. I think Wipo doesn't seem like he has any bad intentions or like, you know, he's just saying it because that's the way he is and that's the way he talks, no? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And you know what? I like it. I like it. All right. Uh, as we kind of close off, this is the last topic that came in literally today. A Twitter healthy debate started between David Shinock <laughs> and Travis Gafford. And, you know, oh, it slowly spicy. grew. The Twitter diplomatic discussion. <laughs> It slowly grew as more and more people kind of chimed in. Friend of the pod, Cubby, chimed in. Uh, Captain Flowers chimed in a little. It's a Gordo, so too. It's, yeah, Gordo really gave. Yeah. I, I actually like Gordo's, Gordo's, like, you know. Yeah, he he came in with the data. He was really ready for that one. Shout right. out to Gordo. It's the age-old debate. Should LCS consider moving back to best of three versus the best of one? 
Apparently, Travis has always been on the side that no, it needs to stay a best of one. Riot had the data to prove it, and Shinog was like, no, best of threes. We need more games. We definitely don't need this huge break, and then it could not only improve the quality of the games and quality of the players, it cre creates more uh, viewership. And what was the other thing he mentioned he threw out there? Um, I'm bringing this up right now. Uh, he is saying that... Uh, yeah, that, that he don't he doesn't trust Riot's data anymore, and I'm kind of aligned on that. The way that they use the data for last was it? Yeah, it was last year, right? Where they move everything to the weeknights. Yeah, they, they or said weekdays. that the data justified. Oh, them. Riot, and you silly. It sounded geese. a little bit like cope. Yeah. <laughs> right, and so yeah um is the, is is there a both side to this is there a best of one is still better for you know sponsors viewership or do we need a best of three or maybe even a different format altogether i'm just curious about hearing your thoughts and then i'll bring in some of uh you know lcs discord's thoughts on this yeah i mean i, I guess think... i will go unless you would like to start us off here no no uh, we're still working on our synergy as, as a trio here, if you couldn't tell. Uh, yeah, so I, I am kind of on the fence, right? So, like, you can treat me as the person that is trying to get convinced here because I can see it from both aspects. On one hand, I would love to see Best of Threes. I think it would be a lot of fun. I think it would be, at the very least, very entertaining for an audience and also the players. I think it gives a little bit more leeway when it comes to creativity and draft which we're already getting but seeing more is never a bad thing when it comes to that sort of thing uh however i also see a lot of the drawbacks too i think viewership will inevitably be on average a little bit lower because already with the few amount of games that we have uh it's already difficult for a lot of the audience to actually make these and this is coming from the standpoint of like i have a lot of friends who like i've met through going to league events, right? Because I've gone to LCS finals, I've gone to Worlds games, and I've met a lot of people who who really enjoy watching this game, and they and they love it from the from the very bottom of their heart. But they don't have the time to watch the four games that we already have on week on weekends, right? So mm. to add even more games and then to have to like stretch out a schedule for a best of three would be a little bit difficult for the people who are already on like one side unable to watch the games and on the other side maybe potentially even tired of watching all of these games in a single day, right? And I can see that uh, as, as an aspect of potentially being a negative. And also, I would just like to, to, to touch back on one of these concepts that, like, a best-of-three season would make the region better, because it won't. I, like, I, I just want to put this out here. Playing more stage games does not necessarily translate to just being a better region overall, Right. There are way too many factors that actually have to impact the the overall like the, the actual construction of what it's like to be in the professional League of Legends scene before it will even start to become a better product than what it already currently right current just having more games during the week like think about it this way these are teams and players who are constantly playing the game thinking about the game and doing scrims and solo queue as well as their stage games and doing team meetings and VOD reviews and they're watching other regions and they're re-watching themselves over and over, right? They are already spending, I would say, an equal if not more amount of time touching on the game right now without best of... And with best of threes, you are just, in theory, taking away the time that they would be using to just be doing the same exact thing in a different set. I don't think it actually creates more practice. And like, as Blippo said, if you need 
to be on stage to learn about your flaws and to improve as a team, maybe you don't deserve to be a team. Maybe you don't deserve to be a player on that stage if you need those stage games to actually realize what you're doing wrong. Because that is what your scrims are for. That is what your VOD reviews are for. That is what all of these other materials that you should already be practicing as a professional player are for, right? I don't think best of threes actually would do anything to improve the reach. I think there are way too many aspects that should be improved on beforehand, such as the actual quality of solo queue in North America, which is absolute garbage. And the current, and, and, and I, I will continue to harp on this until the day that I die. Champs queue needs to be supported way better than it already is because uh. champs queue could be a wonderful tool that we utilize to actually improve our region. But there is an obvious lack of interest in it, despite the fact that it, is such a wonderful that we have access to. Um, but but like I'm saying, like I am still on the fence. I have not made up my mind in terms of whether or not I like best of ones or best of threes. More. And I'm not even I'm not even against best of twos either. Like I'm a very I'm very much open minded to any one of these concepts. If somebody can just convince me that it is a good idea. Right. I am begging somebody to convince me that one of these ideas is actually legitimately statistically better than the others. And so far mm-hmm. from what I've seen and read and what I've heard from other people, it sounds like a lot of cope or it just sounds like like BS. Right. Mm. Yep. Yep. Really. Wow. That's that's really well put. And in, in all the factors that come along, it's not a solely best of one or best of three that will make us better. There's so many things to consider. And so uh, even best of twos, I mean, I've watched that. I, I particularly enjoy that. It's like the right balance of not having to stay too long and yet, you know, not only watching, leaving it by chance to have a result, the results by chance. Because some of these games, they feel very coin flippy. The C900 mm-hmm. Thieves game, that could have, yep. that should have been a C9 win. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, I don't know. Andrea, do you have any other thoughts to kind of put, uh, add to this best of one best of three debate. I think we don't play enough games, yes. Mm-hmm. Um, considering that now we have only eight teams, it just feels like mm-hmm. where is there, like we could be doing so much more, and instead of that, they gave us a break. So it's like very unique. <laughs> yeah. Like literally, there's we that lost. Aspect. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So like, there's there was an opportunity there for, with less teams to yep. add something to i don't know tweak the format in some way uh and that didn't happen and i just thought it was weird you know like because like okay so um i saw someone mention this and it's like so they had a friend go over to the lcs and it was a little bit disappointing that it was like literally they were going for the day and it was only four games Mm. so like a single day of lcs you only get to watch four games so like that's a little bit like if you travel to watch the LCS, that's two, two less days, for example, if you go up for, for a full weekend. So, like, that sounds a little bit like, huh, we're missing out on a little bit of here. I think there's an oppor- there was an opportunity. I was seeing a little bit of comments about how we could have done, like, a mixed format in which we had a round of best of one and then a round of best of two, and it will be, like, technically our single round of best of three throughout the season, but it's, like, hybrid. So, I think... We definitely don't play enough games, uh, especially for the fact that we have two teams less. Like, I, I can't mm-hmm. emphasize how many less games that is. Like, we lost two entire teams. <laughs> um, so, yeah, yep. it's a little bit weird. Um, I don't know. That I, understand, is, uh... I understand the issues with the mm-hmm. viewership, but I think at the end of the day, there's less LCS to watch now that, that has ever been. 
Do you think that you would still be in favor of best of threes if it was a 10-team league still? Or if like relegation was in, in uh, inducted into the league or anything like that? Uh, oh, man. I mean, I'm not sure. Like, I'm trying to remember how it was pre-franchising because that's basically what they did, right? They copied a little bit of LCK, and but they didn't only play on the weekends. They had two teams play yeah, per day. Yeah, the thing is that it was dual streams. So you will have mm. a team playing in stream and a team playing, which is what we had in Academy, that we had dual streams for the best of two series and the best of three. Wait, no, we never had the best of three. With the best of three series, we had always uh, dual streams. And it's like, mm, it's a little bit different than one LCK does in which they had like, this, there's always only one stream, you know, or like LPL. Mm -hmm. All right. You so, also have to consider the fact that there's like a monetary factor to all this as well yeah. that we that we obviously can't see, and also the mm -hmm. fact that we're sharing the the, the Riot Games the Riot Arena Riot with games. Valorant, right? Mm -hmm. So switching over to a best of three format would act would be, I would think, logistically more difficult than what they were probably willing to do in such a short period of time, but potentially a problem that they could fix for the future. Mark Z, when you <laughs> inevitably don't listen to this, or maybe you do. <laughs> question mark ping wink wink uh but the point you made andrea was definitely shared by discord we there's far too little games they don't care some people mentioned they don't care what format they want to go to as long as they get a few more games which now that you've brought up that that aspect i didn't even consider right if you go there live to watch it you sure you want to enjoy it to the fullest you're now one game less um if you go there from the comfort of my own home i'm like this is great i just just watch the game and i can do something else at the same time and i don't have to watch all the games but I that's mean, the what they're trying felt to so short too mm -hmm. and, it does and i say it, it that's someone that watches after watching lec you know like <laughs> i already watched the whole day of lec and then lcs goes by like this like it's so fast with the it's, changes they yeah. made to the way they pace the the show mm -hmm. and the amount of games yeah. it goes by so quickly it's like actually outstanding how little you feel like you're watching lcs that much is true i think the night is over by 7 p.m here in the eastern time zone and you know normally i would have been like oh it's it's still ongoing at eight maybe nine if there's like these long pauses but no, it's done by seven um one idea that floated around in the lcs discord is by hina who i think is also a member of our namen discord oh, yeah, she mentioned Suggest checking out the PCS format this year. They made the tweak too, where they have a first round is a normal best of three. Everyone plays everyone. Then the second round is divided into two groups of four, where they will play each other with only each other. But scores carries over, which is interesting. I have to look into this, but it seems to be garnering a lot of positive, um, you know, sentiments from people. So I, I think I'll be paying a little bit of attention to PCS and see how that works out. It actually gives you more games uh, but it doesn't have to like take up a full day which i i recognize because we're trying to draw in new fans right we're trying to draw in new viewers and we don't want them to feel tired <laughs> after following a full day of best of threes uh nox mentioned if we're not changing anything why not just uh eliminate this whole spring and summer and just combine them into one long oh, wow. big season that's <laughs> a visionary there well i didn't see that one <laughs> uh, what was he so, thinking there 
Uh, he's like, if Riot refuses to adapt to anything uh, like a best of two or best of three, then just mash them all together and make it a single road show for the whole season. That's his comment. But that's another interesting idea. You know, we have a lot of interesting ideas that can be floated around. Of course, Mark, our commissioner to be, has to balance out everything. <laughs> he is he's doing a great job so far. I will give him a lot of props for that. Um but yeah, uh the last comment I'll say, uh Captain Flowers does not like best of twos, apparently. If you didn't get a chance to see his tweet, he uh, makes it akin to something like a vampire let me read his tweets because captain is always awesome best of twos are vampires they suck the hype blood out of the competition by making everything about point system instead of the old good old red-blooded american way of beating the hell out of the other guy decidedly and the vampire dies of an embolism because best of two is a full of hot air bro i'm not gonna lie that sounds like coke to me that sounds like hard fucking american cope right there like that that is like that is closed-minded cope like cope right there because david shinock said the same exact thing where like no nobody wants these ties it's like bro like do you want more games though like do you want more content exactly like i i I don't like you got to make up your mind on that way because i don't think there's anything wrong with with a point system could could compromise if you don't Mm. want to have people get too tired but you want to have more games we could have about eight games per day that's Mm -hmm. not that much more than five and that's not, but it's definitely much more than four. So like, uh, you I know, think you have to make compromises. I don't think Bills of Two is bad. So I mean, I, I mean, I, I watch Academy and I watch an SEL for so many times. So like, I'm, I'm best of two peeled. Like I, I love us twos. Mm-hmm. I don't see any issue with them. So like, <laughs> I think we're all in agreement here that it's a little too uh, North American copium, right there. Uh, but you know, we. I think we all also agree we want more games. We like to have uh, make some innovations to see uh, the ability to do so. Even APA, you know, right off the bat in the first week, he mentioned, I practice for 20 hours a day and I get to play two games after the first week. Uh, so maybe even the players are in a little bit into that too. Well, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for joining us in this pod. Stay tuned for the quit interview but until next time we have prime andrea and mage as your be a fan pod host check in connect with us subscribe tell your friends about us grow this sport with us whatever you do just be a fan all right let's go bye bye okay so for the player of the week we had quid quid is a fairly new player to the LCS. He had only played a split before this year, so there's not really that much uh, known about him, and we haven't really seen that much of him. But with me, I have Sock. How are you, Sock? Um, I'm doing okay, just studying and stuff. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so Sock here is going to talk to us everything about Quid. So, what can you tell us about him? Okay, so... I think this player of the week was well-deserved because I don't know what was going on last split, but this guy just got so much hate from everybody. And it, I don't know, I think it was a bit weird because I think, you know, it was in the middle of the year, Bjerk, Bjergsen, one of the NA goats, literally just retired. You know, Hunter just scrambling to find someone and that happened to be Quid. And yeah, I'm sure, you know, at the time there were people upset about 
LSU's team is dropping out of NACL, and that's that's valid. And one could one could argue like, oh, we could have gotten like a NA mid laner, but uh, that beside, I feel like Quidge kind of just got you know just kind of just got dropped here to the LCS, and then because he doesn't you know perform at the highest level because he's versus like Jojo Pian, the best LCS mid laner at at that moment. Like, he just gets all this hate, like, why are we importing people? But I never thought it was, I don't know, I thought it was really weird that he got that hate because people always said, like, yeah, he's really good in scrims, it just might be some nerves or just getting used to the new environment. And I felt like, yeah, I felt like he could be really good. So I didn't want to jump to these conclusions so fast. And now, into this Frank's play with a 100 Thieves team that was supposed to be, like, someone's place, ace place, he's performing really well, and I... I think he's probably one of the best, if not the best, LCS mid laner right now, just because he's playing really well with River. I mean, River is definitely doing a good job at making him look good, but he's playing good individually. We saw that soul kill on Jojo Pian. The Talia ults have been really good. Like, mm-hmm. this guy is all over the place. Um, he's doing really well, and I'm really glad he got this player of the week because he's showing what Quid can actually do <laughs> now that he's been properly settled down in NA. Yeah, I think it's really hard, like, for a player, especially, like, a really young player who has never, like, gone outside of his own country <laughs> to be thrown into a team and then be literally just thrown into a team. I mean, he was also late, so it was, like... And the team sub was yeah. not that... Like, I think Sunday is a fantastic player, but I never never stuck to me that he was too much of a leader and having... Another Korean player in the team that can help mentor him will have been very beneficial, which is, it seems to me like what that was happening now with him and, and River. So I think, um, I hope uh, we can continue to see his improvement. Yeah, I mean, River's so good. And th- like, this is his first, like, well, it's technically, I mean, he did play like two series on LCK in 2022, which is a long time ago. So I don't really count that as a tier one experience. This is like his, yeah, his, uh, these like splits on the LCS are his first formal tier one competitive play. And like, you know, you're replacing Bjergsen, like one of the Negos once again. Like, it, I just think, I just thought the um, flack he received was unfair. And yeah, I do think um, this roster has been working really well so far. So I'm glad, glad we can see some, some shining moments from Quid. Yeah, I don't really know. and I didn't actually know that he played in the ELCK. Okay? Yeah, it was just because of um, some COVID situations, what I think. What uh, He was on... So he was on Genji uh, Academy, I guess is what... I guess I'll call it Genji Academy. Um, and he actually played with Faze, I believe, in that year. And they... I think they did really well in the summer. I think the summer was... like They were like third place in the regular season. Um, so... They were doing pretty well, and then we all know Pace went to the main roster of Genji the next year. He's still on Genji, mm-hmm. um, so yeah, yeah. Pace is doing Pace things. Quid is back here in NA, and he started starting to do Quid things. But yeah, um, so yeah. Surprisingly, he, you know, I think people did. I think some people saw like he wasn't. He, they didn't have a great record in the academy system, but mm-hmm. I mean, people can see like Quid is mechanically really talented and. It's showing, so yeah. I yep. just, I just think it's um, it's it's time. It's about time we get some quid hype going in here. And I think out and on like on a lighter note, a little less on the rift. Like 
he's kind of funny. Like, I think there was this uh, post on the Hunter Davis account where it's like, um, there was like a snake in the building or something. And oh, <laughs> yeah, that snake incident. And then he's like, ah, oh, it's APA. What the? What the? And then he's like, okay, guys, let's um, let's team fight. He's alone. And then <laughs> I don't know. It was. It, yeah, it was that, really funny. It was that was really pretty funny. funny. Yeah. And then um, Raz posted the. It was like quid streaming. Like someone's like, oh, you no cam or something like that. And then he says, don't, don't worry, we got Quidward. <laughs> Quidward. Squidward on the mini map. It's really funny. Yeah, the Squidward tweet, right? Yeah. Oh, that that was yeah, that was really funny. Okay. Well, I hope we'll get to learn a little bit more about him now that he's uh, having a little bit of uh, an uptime. Like. And his English is probably getting better, so he can tell us more about him. Mm -hmm. Yeah, looking forward to more quid in the LCL. Mm -hmm. Well, thank you so much. So uh, that's all for this segment. Bye.